four, three, two, one. Energize Podcast is back. 13, unlucky for some, not so much for the Energize crew. Yeah, let's make this the best one. Yeah, as fairness, always. In fairness, 13 is only unlucky unless you're Irish. Brian O'Driscoll, tell him that. Yeah, true, yeah. Um, so, Barry, tell us, give us a deet. How's this podcast going to run? Okay, uh, on today's podcast, we're going to go through some very important emails that Ross and I sent to some very important people. Uh, also, Pete is included in this, so uh, keep your ears peeled, especially Pete. Uh, also, we're going to discuss the latest UFC news, all the stuff from New York, all the stuff coming up, coming up from UC 214. Uh, we're going to give a big shout out to Katie Taylor as well, who's fighting this weekend. And we're also going to discuss some very good football news and Ross's appearance again on YouTube. So, are we back? Find out. <laughs> but yeah. Find out. Uh, so we're just going to kick it off with la- coming back from last week's podcast. We had a meeting with Air Sport, and it went quite well. And we just got, had to go home and nutshell it in the email. So Ross and I took a couple of days to just go over things and then banged out an email. Really, do you want to say what happened? Yeah. Oh, oh. Me and Barry sort of went back and forth, and we decided it wasn't best to go home and send the email that day. Sleep on it. Think about it. And then we just came up with a few ideas. Um, basically, yeah. we 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 want to like, if possible, get recording time in Air Sport. They have another podcast there in League of Ireland. Uh, like, there's no conflict of interest there. Yeah, and there's um, also plenty of free time. Yeah, we have plenty of free time. If we could, you know, improve our production, why not? Um, look, the people who listen, like anyone who's listening now, is within Air's demographic for yeah. what they're looking for. They're into the same things that Airs show. Like they show rugby, they show uh, football, they show MMA. Yeah. Like this, 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 this is exactly who they're looking for. So, at the end of the day, we told them what we could provide them. And um, whenever we go to events, we end up trending at the events. We end up uh, very like, energized. Yeah, but like <laughs> we get we get involved, we interact with people at the events. Yeah. So like that's exactly what they need going forward, and that's what we can provide for them. Obviously, they can provide us more exposure. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you know, more professional sound podcasts. Yeah. But, like, I don't think our podcasts sound, like, I think they sound very good as is, but yeah. obviously you're always looking to improve. Yeah. I actually enjoy actually listening to them the next day before they even properly come out, just so I can hear the crack. Because, like, yeah. I'm always, like, laughing on the dart. And, like, it's cool crack. You know what I mean? I enjoy it. Do you reckon people look at you when you're laughing on the dart? I always wonder sometimes if we're on the dart, if, some, if someone follows us or not. And, and like, they're, they're listening. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd yeah, be funny. Because if you, if you know or you don't know, before we actually properly release the podcast, they're actually out a couple of hours beforehand. Just because, uh, like, Ross and I go to work and we have to make sure they're out in time and stuff. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's something cool to do once a week with one of your best mates anyway. No, Fact! Yeah, so we sent off the email to air. We're waiting to hear back from them. Like, it's, it's never straight away because I'm sure they they have to have yeah. a sit down and chat about it as well. So, uh, well, who knows? We're going to keep informed of what's happening anyway. But, yeah. but also the thing is, like, if they're looking for us to bring them value, for people listening now, we must be bringing them value for them to come back and listen again. Yeah, true. In fairness, I think we do have a bit of crack. And yeah. We just discuss events in, like, lads' terms. So I think that's what they're yeah. looking for. Like, Although we're a few not, girls do listen as well. Yeah, obviously. Obviously, female listeners. Yeah, but they're only the ones who fancy Barry, but like, sure, look. Fancy Pete. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we move on to the other email? Yeah. Well, now that we're on Pete, Pete talk. Yeah, we were going we to keep the secret, but then we realised the whole reason why we're doing so well with the following, with every, with the, every, uh, everything. 
Yeah, we're just open and honest and yeah. tell, tell you everything. Yeah. So once we sent the email to Air, we were actually so like giddy. We were like, <laughs> we were like, okay. It was, it, it, it was one of those things where Barry saw something and I saw the exact same thing. And then we sort of said each other at the same time. Uh, um, basically, we applied to be on next season's goggle box. Yeah, the Irish goggle box. The Irish goggle box. So we were like, that'd be funny. And then yeah. Baz turns to me and goes, <laughs> we should get Pete in it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, in fairness, Pete, Ted and Charlie and Puss, they are part of the Energize crew. Yeah. Whether like, they like it or not. Yeah, they always make the Instagram story every now and then. Yeah. And um, look, yeah, put it this way. It's not actually possible for us to go on Gogglebox without Pete being there because yeah, yeah. he actually like refuses to not be in the same room as us. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's going to be there no matter what. Yeah. He'll be the main person. And guys, you're all going to break your heart laughing if Barry has a pop, pack of popcorn while Pete's there because like, he actually stares at you forever doesn't he yeah he's uh, he's getting that popcorn no matter what it's actually funny because if I have a pack of popcorn like, he ignores yeah me. what's the story with that I don't know very yeah. peace yeah yeah it is yeah it is yeah you must have given him too much at some stage uh, yeah I'm, you know, I'm, that one kernel was the was was the end of it like yeah 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 now, now, now he knows he was popcorn yeah. boy yeah we're, well like the thing is we're looking for like maximum exposure and we're going to try to take advantage of any situation yeah. we're put in and whether or not this air sport thing works out or not, like there's always going to be another opportunity, another opportunity, another yeah. opportunity. So uh, yeah, they weren't yeah. like closing the door on us either, no. whatever way it happened. So like, yeah, like they might be like, oh, maybe not now, maybe in six months. You know, who, who knows? Yeah. But I, I feel positive vibes coming back off it. So yeah, well, like yeah, the email itself was mm. cool. Like I mean, like I mean, like no matter what happens, it's yeah. going to work out no matter what. Anyway, it is yeah. already working out. Yeah, and like sure, uh, we're like basically full up with podcasts at the end of the year like we, we like yeah. we, we schedule wise like we know what's coming up and we know what's going to be talked about so yeah we're fairly flat out really we're on top of things full stop yeah 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 so Barry what's next uh, okay so UFC returned to New York there on the weekend um, the main event was Chris Wyman fighting in his hometown against Kelvin Gaston um, as you know last week we sort of broke down some of the fights but the main fight was that fight and that was the fight we want to talk about so Roscoe give us your opinion on the fight and Chris Weidman finally getting that W after three consecutive losses okay did this this was a really important fight in the middle of the weight division Kelvin yeah. Gastelum was on a tear he had obviously had his win overturned against Vitor Belfort but like he was looking phenomenal at middleweight he was very undersized against Weidman yeah. Weidman was I, I, I can't believe to say it but he was really, really on the downturn of his career, and people were questioning whether he still had it. Uh, he was 0 3 in his we last three well. fights. We and did it, as well. Oh, no, we, we did, of course. But at, at the end of the day, his la- last three losses were Yoel Romero, Luke Rockhold, and Gegard Mousasi. Yeah. And, like, it was it was a close fight with Romero until he hit, got hit with the final knee. Yeah. The Mousasi fight, like, the question whether it was in the League of Near or not. And then, like, you know, maybe one bad move he used and then he was finished by Rocco. Yeah, he wasn't absolutely so, destroyed by any of these as well. No, so like, Wyman is still a very good fighter. Yeah. And it came to this fight and there was moments where I wasn't too sure whether he was going to pull it off. He had, he had Gaston backed up against Cage one time and he threw about 17 punches a day and not one of them landed. Kelvin Gaston dodged every single one of them. He, he was definitely the superior wrestler. He, he got some good takedowns in there. Uh, Kelvin Gastelum lit him up on one stage, sat him down on his yeah, ass. Yeah. And like, I thought that was it. I, so I, not, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought like, it, it's over. He's, it, it's game over. That's it. Yeah. And then next thing you know, <laughs> Wyman eventually gets him down. There were some weird positions in the fight. Like, um, I don't know if I watched WWE, but like, Wyman had like, 
Calvin Gosselin, like, from behind and looked like he was going to do, like, a German suplex on him. But, like, you end up picking him up and got him down. And then once he got that um, arm tri- head and arm triangle choke in, like, that was it. He yeah. was never letting go. And Gosselin did a good job of struggling, but it was there was too long left in the round. There was over a minute left in the round. He was never getting out of that position. Weibel actually fought very, uh, very smartly, I think, as well. Because, yeah. like, he, he made sure to overbear him with his with his size mm. and, like, lie on top of him. Yeah. Like, that, they must have, like, went over everything with a fine-tooth comb to make sure that he's not going to lose again. Yeah, especially in Long Island. I almost thought it was a risky move for Weidman to fight in the main event in his hometown after losing the last three fights. But obviously he prevailed. Um, that was good to see. That was good to see. I remember, like, I felt I felt so bad from the way the, the last few fights after going, like, losing but not losing totally convincingly. Mm. And then, like, the, the pressure of this. Like, I mean, I say the sigh of relief he had after that event. But after the fight, he really messed up on the call-out. Like, he went straight after Bisping. I know you're supposed to call your shots. And we probably give out when people go, I'll fight anyone. But he's really reaching calling out Bisping, isn't he? Yeah, like, he, he's, he's not getting that fight. He's one in three in his last four fights. Yeah. Uh, Robert Whitaker's the interim champ. Clearly, he's going to fight Bisping next. And if it's not going to be Whitaker, it's probably going to be Romero. If, like, for one reason, Whitaker couldn't fight. Yeah. But there, there was Bisping. discussions as well. If Gaston had won, he would have been, like, in the running for the next... The title. next, next title shot. The yeah. next, next. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, for me, I think Wyman versus Jack Ray seems like a good match- matchup. I yeah. know Jack Ray lost his last fight, but, like, bar, bar losing that last fight, like, Jack Ray's, like, last five, five yeah. win streak, he's probably 4-1. and one. Yeah, and I'm sure the person he lost is actually fighting for the title next Yeah. Well, yeah. should be. Yeah, so, well, he's the interim champ. So, I think that's a good matchup. Two top, top five, like, or middleweights going at it. Cause, considering Rockhold's fighting David Branch, Whitaker's probably going to fight um, Bisping. Bisping. And like, Romero can't really fight Weidman again. Yeah, and Musasi's out. And Musasi's going to belly, smelly belly. Smelly belly. No, Lol Joe, love Bellator. Just, yeah. That's my nickname for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably because of this one, Roy Nelson. Yeah, big country. Um, yeah, so, bar that, Darren Elkins managed to somehow win again. Yeah. Um, oh, hold on, before we move on quickly, just what do you think of uh, Calvin Gaston now that he's like, obviously, undersized in the division. And like, probably... Rocco would light him up. I think looking at it now, Bisping will probably finish him yeah, as well. It, it, it's weird because when you see what Gaston go up to one eighty five and you see him have success, you're like, he can do it, he can compete. And like, first he did compete with Chris Weidman, but then when you see Chris Weidman the way he finished him, you're just like, he, he doesn't match up well yeah. there. But sorry, can we just go over again who uh, Gaston beat? Beat Feather Belfort, who's basically brown bread. Mm. Um, Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy, you looked like he was finished, he finished as well. Him. Yeah, but yeah. he looked like he was sort of finished as well. Yeah. He was sort of like a rag doll. There, there is two fights at, was that at it? middleweight. Did yeah. I have another one, no? I beat Uriah Hall to win the Ultimate Fighter at middleweight. What about Johnny Hendricks? I don't think that... Uh, I don't know, was that... Didn't, uh, I thought he had no, three. No, 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 that, that, that was at welterweight because Johnny Hendricks missed oh, weight. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. But I might as well be in that middleweight with those yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but like, yeah, but like, he hasn't beaten someone who was sort of on the rise. No, this you know is his fight to be... Yeah, this was... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, What's he meant look, to do? Cut down? No, I, I think he just needs a higher nutritionist. Look... He's sh- he's showing up one eighty five. He's showing up one seventy, and he's not there with abs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. look, I think he needs to get his dietitian right. Get that back down to one seventy. He has a split loss champ or a split loss to the champ. You know what I mean? So clearly, he compete compete down sure, one seventy. Yeah. And personally, I favour him in most matchups at one seventy. Yeah, but if you can be if you yeah. can be people bigger than you, like I mean, you have better he, chance. he just needs to he just needs to be that mm-hmm. bit more disciplined. 
I was listening to Chael Sonnen tell stories about him and he's like eating fried potatoes before his wake up because like, <laughs> yeah, he, he needs to fuel his body. Yeah, but he comes across more like, he must be more stupid than actually like not committed, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's putting in all the hard work. Yeah. He's doing all the hard training. Yeah. Like he's, he's never tired. Yeah. He's just like not in aesthetically good shape. Yeah. So he just needs to, he, he almost needs to hire a personal chef who like cooks all these lovely meals from that are tasty but like good from. Yeah. As opposed that shouldn't to, like, be that hard to do, you know yeah. that like. You no, can't, be, can't be good at everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's weird to think his bad thing, the only he has is diet. But sure, look. Callum Gaston, he, he, the good thing about this fight is, I don't think it damaged Gaston's career too no, much. And I'm, no. I'm excited to see him fight again. Yeah, sure, he's still young, 25. Yeah. Um, do you want to give any other shout-outs for the card itself? Just the damage getting the win again, fair play to him. Patrick Cummins, fair play to him as well. Like, I've never seen someone so, like, beat up, but yet still win again. Oh, and Jimmy Riviera looks like he could be one of the next contenders down at Bantamweight. Beat Thomas Almeida. That was, uh, he, 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 he totally outshone him. Mm. I thought Almeida had a lot of potential. I know he's after coming off a loss from Rodriguez. And now... No, uh, oh, Cody, Garbrandt Cody Garbrandt. And sorry. now Riviera, yeah. So he's lost two of the top three or four Bantamweights yeah, in the world. Now sort of no man's land. Yeah, although we did have some moments as, uh, of showing, showing on him, but... It, he couldn't yeah. get the job done. Yeah, it just wasn't good enough. He he sort of punched him one stage and Riviera went sideways. It was it was like he has a lot of power there, but he had a size advantage as well. Yeah. He he looks like he looks like he needs to do a lot more work on his wrestling game, um, maybe a bit more work on his jiu-jitsu because like he has it on the feet, but he doesn't seem to have it everywhere. He could be good if he went to Alpha Male as well, maybe. Potentially so, but I don't know whether Alpha Male would take him because they have Carbrand. Oh yeah. Jeez, it's so like political, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. well, like you, you can't really take a top contender when you have the champ there, because like True, clearly yeah. the allegiance is the champ. Well, there's a lot. He has a lot of potential, I think. But yeah. uh, like, you see, once you start getting a couple of losses, you're sort of no yeah. man's land, which is probably the worst thing to be doing. It'd well, be no man's speaking land. about a Brazilian bantamweight, that sort of leads straight into the UFC two fourteen card. Yes, come the oh, bottom. Before we start, how much are you looking forward to this? I actually think I looked at this card, and there's something like. I think nine fighters in this on this UFC card have fought for in a total fight before. That's like impressive. that's that's a, that's a lot. Like this, a lot of this is the card of the year. Yes, definitely, definitely. Like this John Jones, the... DC, two two champs. Um, Damian Maya fought for a total before versus Tyrone Woody, the champ. Chris Cyborg, the what's called she basically is the featherweight champion. She was just uncrowned. The everything Ta- champ. Tanya Evinger, uh, Invicta champ. You have. Ricardo Lamas fought for the title of featherweight. You have, uh, sorry, Robbie Lawler, former welterweight champion. Yep. Cerrone's fought for the lightweight belt twice. Henan Barreau, former bantamweight champion. Yep. Like, all these guys, absolute creme to the creme. I'm missing anyone. Oh, sorry, Jimmy Manoa and Volkan, I'm not going to try to say his surname, f- fighting for the number one contender at light, light heavyweight. Yeah. Like, look at all these guys, like, absolute killers. I think this is one of the main reasons why people are listening to the podcast yeah. about this. Yeah, yeah, like, UFC 214. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, all right. So we're kicking <coughs> off with the first fight. Buzzing. Yeah. Okay, uh, it's going to actually be at a catchweight. Aljamain Sterling is fighting Ren and Uh First of all, explain why it's a catchweight, Roscoe. Okay, the uh, California State Athletic Commission, I think they've done this new procedure where they start weighing in fighters further out from the fights to make sure the weight cuts are a bit safer. Yeah. And whatever happened with Burrell, they wouldn't sanction him to cut down to bantamweight. I saw John Jones weighed in two weeks out in 217. So, like, you have to be in something like 10% of your weight goal w- within a certain amount of time. And, like, just 
Brett was probably a mile off. He was probably eating uh, cheeseburgers at Jose Aldo's place. He, yeah, he he actually since the doping commission has taken like you saw it since that's come into play, he has just been a different person. Yeah, so ever since he lost to uh, Dillashaw, he hasn't quite really picked it up. He has he hasn't like shown that like he looked like an unde- undefeatable monster. Yeah, and like now it's he just basically like, was though. Yeah, but now it's just like. Mm. You're you're almost questioning whether when he's fighting some top ten, will he beat that fella? Because you're like, which Brave is going to show up? That that's that's the question he has. Which Brave shows up? Yeah. And he's fighting Aljamain Sterling, who is an absolute grappling machine, the Funk Master. Yeah. Um, he, he does look funky, doesn't he? Yeah, I like his look. Yeah. I, fe- I feel like if he had a bit more on the feet, I feel like. <laughs> I, I, thought like, you were, I thought you were going to say something about his hair, don't you? Oh, it's real, like, flat oh, yeah, top, yeah, like, yeah, well, like, Will no, Smith, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air sort of thing. No, I, I just think if he, had, <laughs> if he had been more on the feet and he had more, like, knockout power, he'd be more of a, more I, chance to be a superstar. Yeah, I think he is yeah, missing that. Yeah, he has it, the potential, he's missing that. This could be a very, well, this is a very important, like... Yeah, I think he has a lot of decisions on his record, and when you have a lot of decisions, it's very hard for the UFC to be like, this is the best fella, he yeah. finishes no one. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, but I'm really, I'm backing Aljo on this one. The fight's in America as well, it's not in Brazil. Yeah. And I, I just think I just think he's the younger, hungrier fighter in this one. Younger, hungrier fighter. And better haircut. And better haircut. And he comes in with the chain and all as yeah. well, doesn't he? I um, like that big fake gold chain. And like I don't care how much money he ever gets, he should always have a fake one. It's it's just like it's better for the look. Yeah. So almost like uh, rampage esque. Yeah, and plus he he's trained with, you know, Aloy Quinta, Ryan Flair, Chris Wyman, Jan Vellante, and they all just fought. Now I know they didn't have the best run those four, like, yeah, no, yeah. but they all just fought. So like he Fresh basically doing basically doing training camp with all of them. Obviously he's not sparring Jan Vellante, but like I mean they're doing the drills together. <laughs> so like it, 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 there's a lot of top guys in there. Um, I think I think just with coming off the way Brows and it can't even make the weight. And uh, like Sterling, it's sort of going around with a chip in the shoulder in a way. I think. Uh, yeah, he remember, wasn't happy about the way. Yeah, well, not even just that. Even the way he wasn't even on the the Madison Square Garden card. Yeah, he's missed all the New York cards. Yeah, and like he's from there. So yeah. um, also, he wasn't too happy with the loss against Brian Carraway either. He, he wasn't happy the way he performed. So like, yeah, yeah he has a point to prove. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, and the way they want more money and stuff, I think I'm gonna to have to go for Sterling as well. Yeah, uh, just you can't back Brow, like you just can't. Speaking of open comers fighting the old guard, Jason Knight is really stepping up here. He's going in against Ricardo Lamas. Now, this one I'm excited for, just because Ricardo Lamas is one of those guys that you know, what I mean, he's he can't be the top three, yeah. but outside that, he beats everyone. Like he's even beat, he's even beat Cubs fans. It's it's almost not like it's almost like the title challenger keeper. If you can be Ricardo Lamas, you're yeah. good enough for a chance for a title. Like in my opinion, gatekeepers like can you compete? Yes or no? As opposed to like yeah, Ricardo no, Lamas is like if your name's not Max Holloway, Jose Aldo, or Frankie Edgar, you're you're not beating um, Ricardo Lamas in the featherweight division. Obviously, that excludes Chad Mendes because he's not available. And, and Conor McGregor. Yeah, but like. Conor McGregor's never fighting UFC featherweight ever again. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. look, Ricardo Lamas, he's one of the elite guys up there, and he's fighting a young, hungry Jason Knight. And Jason Knight's just coming off one of the biggest wins of his career. Yeah. Can't remember the name of his fellow he was fighting, but it was like the Battle of the Hillbillies. Yeah, but the thing is, if the other guy had won, you'd know his yeah, name, yeah, and not yeah, Jason yeah, Knight. Yeah, Jason Knight is a phenomenal fighter. He's dangerous on the ground, dangerous on the feet, relentless pace. 
is he, is really he quite, is he quite big for the division as well? Yeah, he is. He's like sort of lanky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of arms. Yeah, he's a really, really promising prospect coming up. Exciting. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's one of them exciting. Like this won't go to decision. I don't see this going to no. decision. Um, to be honest, I imagine you're I, like it definitely will. <laughs> I, to be honest, I sort of favour Knight to get a finish in this fight. Yeah. I feel like he's going to be so relentless and like so aggressive. I uh, Knight's have to take the shot fight. This choice. Yeah. <laughs> Knights have to take this fight <laughs> on short notice as well. And sometimes I think when someone takes a fight on short notice, that, that you know they've that little bit less to lose. You know yeah. what I mean? They, like they have that built-in excuse so they can go out there and just perform. Yeah. They don't have to. They haven't overthought everything in training camp. Yeah. So he, he I got, think this could be his moment. And he, like, is Lamas gonna you know underestimate him as well? Um. I'm not sure the Lamas would probably respect him as much because Knight is a bit of a nutter. Yeah. Like he's sort of like he he wants to put on a show, whereas uh, Lamas like, Lamas just does all the basics so well and like his wrestling's very good. He has good leg kicks. You know he has submission wins as well. I think he's just Knight has just a different sort of dimension. It's yeah. not it's not like your everyday. Yeah, he, style. he has that thing that sort of separates him. It what, whatever it. it is, as opposed to Lamas. I don't like, know what it is, but I've seen like, it. And Lamas yeah. hasn't fought in a while. Really, I think he? I think Lamas's thing is that he's just like you just look at him and you go, very very good. Yeah, he's like a model pro. Yeah, yeah he's like very very good, but he's never going to get into yeah. that title space. Never. As opposed to Jason Knight, he's awkward enough. He's aggressive enough. Like he goes, Jason Knight comes in there for the finish. Jason Knight gets I mean. Aldo would be as, good. Uh, yeah, and then like you're looking at Carlo Lamas and like. Carl Lamas looks like he goes in there to win. Jason Knight looks like he goes in there to finish. Yeah. And like, finish. I'm always going to look for the fella who's looking to finish. I think it's from seeing his last fight as well. It was just like, he had something about him. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was like, he has the dog in him. That's what yeah. it is. He has yeah. the dog in him. Yeah. And like, I don't think Ricardo Lamas has that in him. Because he's never been like, I think if you don't knock people out with your hands, you don't really have as much of a dog in you. You know what I mean? That's just personal for him anyway. No, well, I wouldn't argue that. But I think we're both, so we're both jumping on the underdog here. I think so. Yeah, is he, we're uh, both jumping on Jason Is he a big Knight. underdog, is he? Uh, I'd say he's a big enough underdog. Just what, down to experience? Yeah, well, like, Ricardo Lama's probably ranked four in the world. And yeah. Jason Knight, oh, I don't, I'd, I'd be surprised if he was ranked. If, like, if he is, he's probably like ranked 14. Yeah, he'd probably get into the top 15 for yeah. the fight anyway. Um, okay, then. Right, so we're going to move on to the next fight. The Loy Heavyweight fight. First fight in the main card. First fight in the main card, yes. Uh, Jimmy Mano has taken on Volkan Ozdemir. That was a, if I butchered that, I apologize. Um, Sorry, Volkan, if you're listening. Yeah, I actually think this fight was put on just in case either DC or John Jones didn't make weight or one of them got injured. But uh, Ross, what do you think of this fight? Jimmy Manoa, potentially number three in the world. I think fighting Volkan is number five in the world. Um, is this a, is this a contender? Is this a contender for the belt fight? The winner of this is going to fight... Well, see, this is the thing, right? Gusty. Gusty came into the fold. But also, if John Jones wins, I wouldn't be shocked to see Anthony Rumble Johnson come out of retirement because they, like, you obviously really want to make Rumble versus John Jones. Um, look, the winner of this fight can probably sit out to get a title shot, yeah. whatever it be. Whether they're next or the following person, they probably sit out and get it. Um, maybe if Volkan gets it, Gustafsson probably is next. If Jimmy Mano wins, he's probably next. This is... Both need a proper finish. Yeah, yeah. both really need to come out and, and make a, a statement here. Yeah. Make a statement, get on the mic, call yeah. your shot. Yeah. This is the moment where you deserve to call your shot. Yeah. This is not Chris Wybin territory. <clears throat> um, no. Look, <laughs> Volkan is... No one knew who he was six months ago. 
And now he could Who? be the no- number one contender for the UFC light heavyweight title. Like, just because you say it like that, I don't think he's going to get any title, you know what Yeah. Uh, the champ uh, can't be unknown. Uh, for some reason, I, I'm picking Volkan. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's I think it's because he, like, he he came in and he fought Owen Tempere and I was like, oh, this is like this is like a gimme fight. Yeah, I thought OSP would win And he went in well. and he just absolutely steamrolled him. But Manuel sparked him out as well, didn't he? He did, yeah, and it was actually frightening. You know, I was actually thought I thought OSP was going to yeah, use wrestling and actually take him down, yeah. and I thought he was gonna, he was going to win. But there was just something about Volkan that, like, it's almost because no one knows who he is. It's probably very hard to prepare for him, and he's gone in and I think he's finished both his fights in the first round. So there's very little tape on him. What about uh, what age is he about? I actually don't know. That's the thing. Know I know nothing about him, bar the fact that I, I've yeah. seen him fight in the UFC twice. You don't even know his second name. First round. Ozemir, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, Jimmy Manuel has absolutely deadly hands. Now Rumble Johnson's gone. He's the hard, hard, he's the hardest hitter in the light heavyweight division. Yeah. His hands are frightening. He's light and quick, very athletic, quite very good kicks as well. Quite old. He is a bit older, but he he's not that old in fight fight years. He like as in like he doesn't have an extraordinarily large career. Didn't he come and into the game late? He did, but also a lot of his wins are early knockouts. But like Corey Anderson. Yeah, I think you backed Corey Anderson when we went over this. You know that? I wouldn't be surprised because I always like. Oh, you never know how good Jimmy Mano is off his back, and I always think if someone's like an American wrestler, like uh, Anderson, like Corey Anderson, I thought I'd be able to get him down. And that was it. But Mano was yeah. steamrolling. Yeah, he's quite big, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's he's very very good shape as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's but, sort of like if DC and Jones were like merged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. I don't know, like, realistic. <laughs> now, now you like Manuel more. <laughs> no, 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 right, right. I, uh, like, I do like Manuel more, but there's something about Volcan now I can't bet against. He's, he's like, okay, he's like the, the unknown quantity in the light heavyweight division. Yeah, uh, well, do you know what? I, I don't see either of them being such a star to actually get that fight. So. You think Gussie's going to get it? I think Gussie's next nine. Unless, like, unless DC and Jones go to a decision or something. You know? Yeah, well, if John Jones wins, which is the more likely scenario, Gussie and Jones, too, like, needs to happen as well. Yeah, man. There's some serious matchups there. Yeah. But we're going to we're gonna discuss the fight that should have been in the last UFC event. And it's and the one that should have been in UFC 205. And the one that should have happened... I don't know. Sometimes this is, ter- this is the third time it's been re- it's been booked anyway. This fight just should have happened ages ago, right? Welterweight division: Robbie Lawler versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah. Oh, I love that man. Yeah, okay, yeah, Ross, yeah, yeah. man. We, we can't talk about Cerrone without doing the yeah. Right here, just tell us, tell us the deeds on this one because I'm absolutely buzzing. This is this is probably my favorite fight in the whole entire card. I'm not surprised. These are two absolute. Elite strikers of the highest level. Donald Cerrone has has it all in his game plan, and yeah. he's since he moved up to welterweight, bar fight against Jorge Masvidal, he's really put it together. Excellent takedowns, great kicks, excellent punches, submissions. He seems to have it all at welterweight. Brilliant. Doesn't technique. have to do the weight cut. Obviously, he still struggles with those liver shots. That's his sort of downfall. Robbie Lawler is a berserker. There's no other word to describe him. When he like, I, there's no way you can talk about Robbie Lawler without referencing a Rory McDonald fight. Oh, and no, the fella is an absolute zombie. My only grievance about this fight being made is I'd rather have seen it in Long Island as a five round main event. That's my yeah, only yeah, grievance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love to see. I love these two guys. These yeah. are two of my favorite fighters to watch of all time. Definitely, yeah. Robbie Lawler, 
So heavy-handed. Great kicks. Excellent wrestling defense. So he keeps the fight on the feet. So former like, champ, that's, that's, former where, champ. That, that's where he's at. Former champ. Yeah, I don't know if he's out ext- of that book. Extremely that long layoff after uh, his Woody knockout, which I actually think he needs because he got like so he got so punched in the face and yeah. uh, against like Johnny Hendricks Serious and Ronnie McDonald that he probably need that expended time off after he got knocked out. So I feel like he'll be back fresh. But who knows if he you can ever heal up from getting knocked he, out he, so devastating. He did he did even going into that fight, he did sort of talk as if He'd been punched a few times. Yeah. Uh, he's also moved camp. He's left ATT. He's now fighting um, out of the Jacob hybrid camp. Basically, it was the Black Salience. He's now fighting under Henry Hooft and he has training partners like Michael Johnson. So, it, it should be quite interesting to see how he gets on there. I think he's going to make the more camp about him as opposed to less of a team for him. He's going to get have his basically his own camp. Uh, well, that's, that's good for him. Like, he serves that. Donald, yeah, oh. Man, there's no fighter who has more and more respect than yeah. Robbie Lawler. Like for the next twenty years of UFC flashbacks and stuff, that like they hit that UFC one eight nine is the greatest fight I've ever seen in my entire that, life. That was the amount of people that watch that. The amount of people, the amount of fans that, that Lawler that, has that are also big McGregor fans because they would have seen. I can't remember fight. it was the third or fourth round, but when they Robbie Lawler and Roy McDonald stared at each other at the end of the yeah. round, I was like. That, uh, like, that was that what was, UFC is all about. Yeah, that, that was like absolute shivers down my spine. Yeah. yeah I, I, I didn't know what to say. I was speechless. Um, <laughs> and then like the cowboy, like he's coming into camp. He would have been training with John John Bones Jones. So he'd be getting ready at the That's same the thing, time. Not to forget. Uh, such an elite camp at um, Jackson Winklejohn. Yeah. Brandon Gibson on the pads. Um, look, Donald Cowboy Cerrone is an absolute monster. He's got it all. If he, if he can actually just like not drink. Yeah, but he yeah. Probably could, probably could be a world that has, champion. That has to be it, doesn't it? Yeah, that probably has to is. Be it, yeah. But in terms of asking me to predict the fight, it's more. I'm more so saying, if Robbie Lawler has, if Robbie Lawler's chin is back the way it was for the Roy McDonald <laughs> fight, I don't see. I don't see any way Cerrone can beat him. I think Lawler's hits harder, and he's going to eventually land one of those shots to deliver because Lawler goes to the body as well. I think he's going to get a TKO with Cerrone, but I could easily see Cerrone. Being faster in out, get the job done, and and win all the decision. So who are you going for? Okay, well here right, I'll I'll see what I have to sort of think about this. Um, the only time Cowboy never actually uh, fulfills his potential in a fight is when he gets bullied in a fight. Yeah, and the one person. Like ever since I even I saw this interview with Robbie Lawler being like, I'll take his soul, and like I believed him. I just think he's gonna like go into the centre octagon, point in the middle, almost like JDS style, and then like throw down. He's just he's just he's there, and I don't think Cowboy's gonna be gonna like that. I I like I just think Lauder's gonna go in zombie esque again and just do the damage, and he could end up breaking him. Yeah, the more the more you say that. Um if Lawler imp- implements like a Jorge Masvidal saw yeah. a Rafael dos Santos saw and I think he's not only could he do that he could actually do that more aggressive than yeah, they did than anyone yeah so oh yeah Chop is uh, scary uh, I won't be able to sleep tonight uh, in, ter- <laughs> in terms of that when it w- seeing him with that split lip as well yeah. oh my Christ Robbie Lawler's frightening him being and I can't really pick against him so I'm just not like, I fo- have to pick Robbie Lawler yeah how many fighters could you name have been to the absolute trenches no like seeing you know and what one. It, it's it's because I've seen it and I've seen so many epic fights. When he fought Johnny Hendricks the first time and lost lost for the title, 
and like Johnny Hendricks like beat him in that fifth round and you could see Robbie Lawler was sitting on the ground taking down and he just shook his head and he was like that and you could see that he was like you, you see he made a deal with himself then he was like that's never happened again and it never has since that fella you get him to the final round of the fight and he is coming out all guns blazing and yeah. he is vicious <coughs> there's no other word to describe it he's vicious isn't he scary man he's he's like a dog let off the leash as the fight goes on he gets more vicious yeah so like we're picking Robbie Lawler and yeah. that's the fight of the night yeah if only it was five rounds um, what do you think happens on the mic after anyway Robbie Lawler he wins he might, he might as well just call out the champ yeah because like that welterweight division like there's not many contenders past, yeah no that's uh, what I mean yeah Past like, like Masvidal, like he could, he, but he's coming off a loss. Yeah, he could call out Wonder Boy and fight Wonder Boy, but I don't think that's a good matchup style for Robbie Lawler. So he might as well try and call out Tyron Woodley again. True. And then what about if Cowboy wins? Cowboy wins. I love to see Cowboy Wonder Boy. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah. I don't think Cowboy can call out the champ. Jeez, oh, that man, that fight is gonna be fucking deadly. Now we're moving <laughs> on to the World Featherweight. Women's Championship fight, aka Chris Cyborg's division. Yeah. Uh, Chris Cyborg's taking on Tanya Evinger. Um, because Jermaine Duran, Jermaine Duran, he's a pussy. Yeah, and uh, what? The, who's the other girl that couldn't fight as well? Anderson. Megan Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. She's um, injured. She keeps on getting tested by Usada. I've never seen a fighter test more by Usada than Megan Anderson. I think yeah. I've seen three times on her Twitter she was tested. She's not even in the UFC. <laughs> they must, she must make them food or something yeah. they always like oh her food's lovely yeah. uh, uh, okay here look how can we not how can we even pretend that Chris Cyborg won't absolutely eat this woman alive spit oh, her out I, th- I think this fight is more can Tanya Evinger make it out with the first yeah, round exactly. yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's more so look Tanya Evinger is a very skilled fighter she's very tough Victor Bantamweight tough. champion she's quite big uh, for like, for, for uh, yeah for the bantamweight division, she does. She's very good at grappler. Okay, but like, and explain how she's gonna lose then. Cyborg's gonna be in there, start punching her, and like, <laughs> that's it. Like, they, like, like I can't actually explain the fight more simple. Cyborg's gonna go in there, run across the octagon, start throwing punches, and like, Evander's gonna cover up and eventually drop to her knees. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see Cyborg have her up against the cage, like throwing punches Diaz style at her, and then she just goes. She eventually sort of. Shouldn't even get knocked out. You know when this when someone just sort of like, all right, enough. enough and yeah. sort of like falls through the knees and just Hummelville. like, yeah. And the ref sort of goes, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, like we can, the people are turning off the TV. It's yeah. too scary. Although I predict this fight to be over in the first three minutes. First three minutes. Yeah. Think I think there'd be a bit of feeling out for six seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything like Cyborg needs to improve on? Like, so she might like try and get some jujitsu in or something. Just. Like for the crack. Like apparently she struggles to make one forty five. Um yeah, like maybe be interesting to see her like take some down tries to meet them for like the crack but like Yeah, because if she keeps like murdering these women, she's gonna get less fights. Yeah, but like uh, UFC are gonna find it very hard to put someone in there who like <laughs> people are gonna buy Yeah, but is it the Mike Tyson factor where like you don't actually care who they're fighting? Yeah. It's a bit like Katie Taylor. Yeah. We never know who she's fighting, but we're gonna watch. Who? <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I oh. think it's got to say to where Cyborg's like she's her own entity. Yeah. That like people are just like, let's watch let's watch Cyborg batter this next poor yeah. girl. Do you think Chris Cyborg will batter a boyfriend? Because she looks bigger than him. No, he, no he's an MMA fighter as well. So Is he? Yeah. Oh no, sorry, that's her ex husband. Oh yeah, it's all your man off the big brown yeah, right yeah. there. Seems uh, like a nice guy now, but like I'm sure he's like very good jiu jitsu or Yeah, he sort of uh, has to be, yeah. 
Jesus. Who's your one? Who's your one? Uh, Gabriel Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Gabby Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Who's she's too big. She who's, she, who's she going out with? Don't know. Much. Single if you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. She put me in her pocket. Okay. Okay. We're going for Chris Cyborg for that, right? Uh, sorry. For we? My, sorry if we rambled on a bit. And then Tanya Evinger will never be seen again. Uh, okay. Moving on to the co-main event of the evening. Tyrone Woodley is fighting David Maya. boy. Okay, let's get this going. Tyrone Worldly versus Damien Maya. Uh, Ross. Right. What do we think? Okay, both fighters coming into this fight. Alright, Damien Maya, I think he's on a seven-point win streak. I think his last loss was a split decision loss to Jake Shields, which like he could argue either way. Uh, Damien Maya has just been grabbing people and strangling them. Obviously, yeah. uh, he actually had a bit of a tougher time with Masvidal, yeah. because Masvidal is very good on the ground himself. That was probably, that was probably his um, least convincing win. Yeah, probably his least convincing win. Yeah. But it was another one that he probably almost didn't have to get. When he beat Carlos Condor, like that was good enough for me to get a touch on. Like, yeah. Carlos Condor well, didn't land a punch him. So, look, he eventually got the fight he deserves. Um, look, this is basically a grappler versus a grappler who's very good at striking match. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you haven't said you haven't said that. Uh, Tyron Woodley definitely lost against Wonderboy, and now he still has a title somehow. Yeah, but that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, Wonderboy definitely like it was possibly one of the worst main events I've ever seen in my life. UFC two hundred nine or two two hundred five. Um. The second one. The second one. Yeah, yeah. The second one. They didn't even touch each other until the very end when they gave each other a high five. <laughs> and then um, Wonderboy, Wonderboy, I actually think won that. And then they gave nah. it to Woodley. Nah. What do you mean, no, man? You're actually all biased, man. Man, you're biased. Man, you're so biased, man. <laughs> man, look at this way. This is the way I saw those fights, right? They fought 10 rounds. Four rounds were extraordinarily clear for Tyron Woodley. The other six were up in the air, whatever for, you want for to say. Wonderboy. No, they were up in the air between <laughs> the two of them. And I, I don't think Woodley or Wonderboy won all six of them. So, uh, look, Tyron Woodley <laughs> has devastating one shot knockout power. Barry's just trying to wind me up, trying to say Wonderboy won. Um, look, Tyron Woodley, people love to hate him. They love to think he's a bit of a moaner. They love to think he's this. But he actually does a very good job of constantly having his name in the news. People talking about him. Even if people are giving out about you, at least they're talking about you. True. And very energised. Tyrone Woodley, for me, this is the most dangerous matchup in the division. Yeah. Because Tyrone Woodley is an extraordinarily good wrestler. And I think just because he thinks he's a very good wrestler, that's enough to negate Damian Moyes' jiu-jitsu. But once Damian Moyes gets his hands on you he's like a cobra he's like an anaconda yeah. he just grabs and squeezes until you have no life left in you um, yeah, look, you, Woodley's also undersized in this fight as well what do you mean? As nah. in like height oh height yeah but sure he's what like 5'9 five 5'9 nine. Five nine versus what I think Moya's yeah, like 6'1 yeah but I don't think Moya uses like his jab and his, his reach that well he's just more Moya will do whatever it takes to get a hold of you yeah, so yeah, like yeah. I don't think like reach really comes too much into factor, but yeah, it does in the grappling terms because he like his limbs would be that bit longer. Yeah. But look, this basically comes down to: do we think Moya will be able to get a hold of Woodley, or do we think Woodley will be able to absolutely blast him before Moya can get a, hand, a hold of him? That's basically the two issue, the yeah. two key factors of victory for both fighters. So fact, I, fact, 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 and factors. <laughs> so. <laughs> Barry, do you think Moya can actually get a hold of Tyrone Woodley? So uh, I can just see it sort of like the scrambling and then like 
probably get by the time he gets a hold on the round will sort of finish that sort of way I can see this going the whole the whole five to be honest I see two absolutely dreadful rounds and then I see the third round the clappers go 10 seconds left yeah. and Woody will steamroll uh, yeah, yeah. as much as I actually like I actually am a big fan of mine and I like when he gets all this jiu-jitsu on the ground because it's not many people that actually do are jiu-jitsu practitioners and, and he when makes, you watch it he makes it so beautiful yeah yeah it's an art it's yeah. dead like uh, like it's one of the main reasons why I like UFC I, I don't like all the absolute like my first love of the sport is obviously watching the training it's not all about the blood and stuff like that's just comes part and parcel of it but uh, it's actual like art, especially of jiu-jitsu, is uh, it's amazing to watch. But like looking at it now, I can just see that Woodley's going to win the exchanges on the feet. Uh, I don't think Maya's going to get enough time to tap him out. And then if it goes to decision, it's going to come down to the strikes, and Maya's going to lose. He's also going to probably look worse off after the five rounds as well. So I, looking at it now, I can just see Woodley winning again. Yeah, I I, I think it pisses me off to say it. Really, Woodley's fight to lose, and look. You don't like to give him the praise he deserves, but Tyrone Woodley's one of the best. You act as if you are Woodley, man. You're walking around with that fake tan on and all. He's one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world, Tyrone Woodley. He holds holds the strap at 170 as one of the most competitive divisions. So, big shout out to my boy T Wood. Me and him were always always tweeting, you know. He's actually. Yeah. By the way, TJ Dillashaw liked one of our followers a while ago. I know, yeah, but it's not really those were Cody Garbrandt fans. <laughs> I'm a joke. I'm a joke. First, we talked about big after the ultimate fire. Yeah, we definitely did. Uh, okay, so Boko and Woodley. Um, what happens after on the mic? Like, what, 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 what should we sort of expect? I, I can see Woodley coming out and like saying something a bit arrogant, being like, "I told you, I was all going to do it." It's something like that. What well, fans? <clears throat> Well, whatever. Uh, yeah, no, whatever. Yeah, no, just actually. <coughs> I don't think there's, there's, there's not much, to foresee it. Yeah, but there's not really much you can say, and there's yeah. no clear contender. Yeah, and, and also when you have the belt, you can say what you want. Mm. Look at McGregor. There's, there's very, very few. Woodley keeps on trying to interject themselves into these um, super fights that don't exist, like fighting Michael Bisping, etc. Et Who knows? Maybe Woodley fights GSP next. Maybe that's the fight. Maybe he calls out GSP. I th- he needs to. He's. You see. The people he has fought, I don't think are actual stars, like star stars. But yeah. I don't think there is a star in the world. Oh no, no, I hundred percent agree. But it's sort of like he needs the. He almost needs a Nick Diaz, doesn't he? Yeah, he needs. Yeah, he needs the yin to the yang to. That's what he's gonna do. He's gonna fight. He's gonna call out GSP and Nick Diaz because there's no one at welterweight that is clearer than Morgan Tenner. So he's gonna call out one of those two because now is actually time for him to fight one of those two, just due to the fact that there is no clear contender yeah. at either way class. Because you can't do Wonderboy again. That is just no. pure dog shit, right? <laughs> and Wonderboy hasn't won since anyway. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, who else? Masvidal just lost. Yeah, he just lost to Damian Maya. Uh, Ro- Robbie Lawler, like, yeah, if he comes out compressively against Cable, you could like spark interest in that fight. But like, would he beat him in two minutes? Yeah, time? yeah. And then like, it's gonna be a hard sell. And then Cowboy recently lost Masvidal. As well already, so it's not. If, and then Condon just got choked out by Maya, so like that's like sort of the top yeah. six or seven fighters of welterweight. So you might as well fight GSP. Yeah, if Woodley wins, he deserves a big fight. Yeah, uh, Bisping's not like a big enough. If you know what I mean, like yeah, he's a champ, but it's not. It doesn't really like make sense for everyone else. You may as well get GSP to come back because Bisping's gonna fight um, Whitaker. So that that could be all on the same card. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah, well it'll sell. It's just like I'd be even down for Maya versus GSP. Like, oh, yeah? yeah, well, like who else? I just couldn't picture. I can't like I look yeah, at it now. I can't, I can't see the poster. Moya, yeah, 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 yeah. I just can't see it. Yeah, and it's not really like they. You see, they, they. I don't think they'll really be able to sell it unless it's mm. in Toronto. Well, at least Tyron Woodley will. What he'll have four title defenses when he's fighting GSP now. 
the good thing about Woodley is he, he can knock people out. And yeah. That's that's what people want to see as well. Yeah. So nice. Are we moving on to the main event of the evening? No. Johnny Bones Jones makes his return to the UFC. I, I was actually sorry. My pause there was <laughs> I was actually thinking these two fought UFC 182. Yeah. They were supposed to fight again. Uh, UFC 197. Cormier got injured. They're supposed to fight at UFC 200. Jones failed his test. And now they're now like I think they actually won them. I actually think they wanted DC versus Jones for the UFC two thirteen card, but whatever way it wouldn't work out. I think John Jones was still suspended. Yeah. And now it's UFC two fourteen in Anaheim. So also UFC fair play for going back to Anaheim. UFC two oh eight was supposed to be in Anaheim. Remember that crap high home uh, during the randomly card, but no. it was moved. And they cancelled Anaheim, they went somewhere else, and now they came back before the end of the year. So fair play to the UFC. And they really brought a card. This card is class. Right, so So, John Jones, Daniel Cormier, Ross, you may as well lead us into it. As always. This is the greatest rivalry in UFC light heavyweight history. Well, or some people will tell you Tito Ortiz or and like Randy Couture or Tito Ortiz and Ken Shamrock. Modern day, this modern day for me, this is the best rivalry between the two most skilled athletes. Before we move on, it, do you think that UFC has like doubled its like followership since like that original? Probably so on social anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so right, then, okay. So you have Daniel Cormier, former Olympian, Strikeforce Grand Prix champion, UFC light heavyweight champion, one loss on his record. John Jones, the man who owns that one loss in his record. Yeah. Former UFC light heavyweight champion. Beat, what, six or seven former UFC heavyweight cha- or UFC light heavyweight champions. Six, I think he said six current UFC Hall of Famers. Yeah. The man is an absolute phenom. No holds in his game. Wins by submission. Wins by knockout. Wins by decision. <laughs> Very few fighters have re-gotten the better of Jones in any exchanges. DC, Alexander Gustin are the only ones I can think of who've even put up a fight to John Jones. And this you could almost argue that this is the number one pound for pound fighter in the world, fighting the number two pound for pound fighter in the world. DC undefeated at heavyweight, came down to light heavyweight, only one loss to John Jones. Yeah. So this is an absolute monster of fight. Yeah. Daniel Cormier. You've already since, sold it, man. You don't need to go. Daniel out. Cormier, <laughs> since John Jones left the UFC. Be Anthony Rumble Johnson for the UFC light heavyweight uh, title at UFC 187. Then UFC 192 be Alexander Gustafsson in yeah. absolute war. Yeah. UFC 200 goes and fights Anderson Silva on a few days notice. Got absolutely booed. Everyone hated the fight but he yeah. still be one of the best of all time. True. UFC 210 goes and fights the scariest man to ever set foot in the octagon Anthony Rumble Johnson for a second time the exact same way he did the first time. DC's on a roll. He's fought four times since John Jones fought the one time against Ovin St. Peru. And Jones looked terrible that against Ovin St. Peru in comparison to other fights. Barry, what do you think is going to happen? Can I, UFC can I, can I, 214. Can I just say something? That, um, like, imagine, would you say people at home are actually thinking you're reading that? Like, <laughs> like that's just coming straight out of the nugget. Yeah, well. What you ask me again? Sorry, that was just like, uh, you have me sold already anyway. I, 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 I re-remembered the fights that like, stand out yeah, to me. Yeah, and, like, yeah. In fairness, the light heavyweight title is always a big thing. It's, yeah. it's 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 probably the most sought after title in UFC. When you when UFC had Chuck Liddell, uh, Tito Ortiz, yeah, Chael Sonnen fought for the light heavyweight title. Vitor Belfort fought for the light heavyweight title. 
Uh, Anderson Silva moved up to light heavyweight. It was the money division. Forrest Griffin, Leoto Machida, Rashad Evans, Rampage Jackson, Vanderlei Silva. Yeah. All these guys. That was the money division. Yeah. Jones was perfectly in that transition as well, wasn't yeah. he? Oh, and Shogun Hill as well, yeah. Jones went in there. And he ran through half of them as well. Yeah, and like, he made it look easy as well. Rashad Evans, yeah, as well, yeah. Look. Nice. This fight is the pinnacle of mixed martial arts. Yeah. They're like you, you can't have two guys who are better fighting each other. The build up has been uh, just so long, and the hatred these two have between each other. And for me, John Jones won wins the verbal exchanges time in time. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Um, Cormier like he's he, he wants to be liked too much. It really doesn't work out for him, yeah. and he keeps on sort of almost saying John Jones better than him, but. I'm gonna. I, I don't know. I, I don't see where he says he's gonna win. I know he says he's gonna win, but I don't see where he he physically says he's gonna win. As a person, I actually way prefer DC, right? But like, uh, how could you not? But it's the brilliance of John Jones is what like makes me like him more. It, it's it, it's a, it's almost like this is a complete left field, but it's almost like Ryan Giggs. Like when you hear about all his off field incidents, like it doesn't actually really you don't care for it because like if the brilliance on the pitch. Well, like, yeah, but it's, it's probably, Yeah, but it's even more so that like we're only tuning in to watch him do fight, yeah, what we want to watch. watch. Yeah, yeah, we like, don't care about what he does. Yeah, really outside. Yeah, yeah, that makes uh, sense. Also, he's so many different styles of win, and he's such a unique physique. He has what a twelve-inch reach advantage. In yeah. fight. like John Jones. Don't forget that John Jones has a twelve-inch reach advantage against DC. John Jones has the longest wingspan in the UFC, and he throws these oblique kicks. He throws elbows. He he has various different forms of takedowns. He took down DC, who was an Olympic level wrestler, and like prides himself on oh, that wrestling. Yeah. Um, look, John Jones is probably the most creative fighter Definitely. in the UFC, Definitely. and he's fighting against DC, who was the best, and I mean the best basic fighter in the UFC. DC's kickboxing excellent on point. DC's wrestling excellent on point, and that's what we focus on. He does kickboxing, he does does a bit of dirty boxing, and he does wrestling. That's what he focused himself on. He has a few simple chokes as well. He, But not only does DC do have all these simplistic things, he does them better than everyone else. That's yeah. what sets DC apart. He, he, do, he is, does have a very good... The AKA camp is very good. Like. Yeah, yeah. He has really good training partners. He needs to step up his cardio. He got tired in the last uh, John Jones fight. He can't get tired in this fight. I don't know, there's something about his physique that wrecks my head. I, I, I don't know why he's fat, like, yeah. but he just is. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I just can't believe that, like, th- that fat guy beats all those other like, yeah, guys yeah, who are, like, yeah, absolutely yeah. shredded out there and nothing yeah. massive, but, like... That's why he's pushing on now in age as well. Yeah, yeah. This... I wouldn't be surprised to see DC retire if he beats John Jones. Or do that's a trilogy the, fight and then retire. That's... Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, well, I think he could be one foot out the door. Uh, you could have put that seed in my head that, like, if he wins this, he'll call it a day. But... Because he has that UFC on Fox job as well. I know, yeah. And he's doing a bit of commentary as well. I know, yeah. So, who knows what he's actually going to do, but... I don't know. If he, yeah, but if he loses, like, what's there to do as well? You know what I mean? Like, what's he going to do? Commentate John Jones' fights? That'll kill him. Yeah, well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Especially if Jones is going to be... Jones could be there for... Jones probably prolong his career as long as DC stays in that mic. Yeah, he probably will, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah if he John, like, like, if John Jones goes out there and wins quite like convincingly like, there's, there's no chance of a trilogy fight either yeah, I know yeah look in the last fight John Jones won by the judges scorecards four rounds to one um, yeah. Chael Sonnen was saying that he would have given a five rounds to zero um, I, I think it just comes to like it's almost like a David and Goliath situation John Jones is just the, the best there ever has been 
yeah. don't know it ever will be now but like if you look even the physiques the, uh, like John yeah, Jones John Jones is massive in shape and he's a physical yeah. specimen yeah and then DC is going around with the dad bod yeah and, and like being like John Jones you have chicken legs but yeah. like who took down who in the last fight you know what exactly. I mean yeah did, did you see at the end, in the end of the last fight DC was trying so hard to get him down and when he eventually did it was just like John Jones was straight back up Yeah, and that is a like, that's heartbreaking and uh, that's why I think John Jones is definitely going to win also they exchanged over to the, they were doing an interview on TV and DC looked so gaunt but yet still so fat so <laughs> it's so weird it's just weird I, like, I, I, I think my biggest thing is that Remember he did a video being like, I love chicken, DC, I love bigger burgers and all. I was like, what? DC is, has too big of a mouth. He keeps flapping his gums for losing so convincingly. He should almost... He, DC should just say, we'll see what will happen on whatever, July yeah. 26th. He should just keep on saying that. Because him saying that he's going to do all these things. John John was like, well, you didn't do it last time, so what are you going to do this time? Yeah. You know what I mean? Also, he, he shuts them down straight away. Yeah, but the thing is, you can also spin in an argument there. Like his last four wins have been quite, quite convincing. And like he, he's utilized that dad bod, whereas mm. John Jones in in between that has fought once looked very unimpressive. And uh, who's to know now that he can actually like bring his A game? Like what happens to John Jones that fought OSP? Like who's to say he that won't happen again? Yeah, look if the John Jones who shows up and fought OSP fights Daniel Cormier, he could be in for a long night. But I just don't see it happen. Like. John I know, yeah. yeah. I'm try- I think I'm trying to convince myself. I just, I, 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 just, I just think John Jones, like, you probably, no offense to OSP, you probably didn't really respect him. He probably was just like, yeah, oh, here, yeah, look, yeah. whatever. Yeah, he and also, John Jones is He's respected no one. Yeah, like. but he's, he's cerebral. As in, like, he studies his opponents so hard and studies all that. And he took OSP on short notice, so therefore you wouldn't have as long to study him. You wouldn't have, his camp is so, like, select that he, like, he's really preparing for DC. Like, he, I guarantee he has a load of really high-level wrestlers in there trying to take him down on a daily basis. Yeah. And it's like he probably had all that and he was training for DC for 197 and then next thing you know he's fighting Elvin St. Peru who's like sort of a ranger striker. Yeah. He, also, he also just got his blue belt as well. Yeah. Which like John Jones effectively a black belt in terms of MMA. Like like that guillotine he put on the Odom tree yeah. and dropped him was fighting. Like, <laughs> yeah. He, he, yeah, he, he literally him. did drop yeah, him. Yeah, he nearly killed him. Um, what do you think he's going to say in the mic once he wins I, I can just picture him being like I'm back yeah I can see him saying yeah exactly or, that. Or, I'm back and then sort of um, rubbing it in DC's face I don't think I don't think he's going to be humble about it but like he may as well not be humble about it you know what no. like I was in like the DC to keep his name in the light DC doesn't even deserve the humblest DC yeah why just because like no matter what like DC I think just as a man when someone has that much personal problems and that sort of thing like and DC like every corner like rubbing it in his face, rubbing it in his face, rubbing it in his face. It's just like a but maybe much. Yeah, but maybe he's so shit trash talk that he's just like oh I'll say that. I know yeah, but it, it like there's a, like DC's like you can't say anything about my kids, but then like you know what I mean like John Jones a father as well and like like DC DC's, DC's a cringe bag. Yeah, but DC's, he's like my dick works. It's like yeah. oh here look. Yeah, but DC's been like yeah, but John off, Jones is off in a load of brazzers. Like, yeah, yeah, but like ten of them. Yeah, but that's that's what D- DC's saying that in public about John Jones. Like that's that's basically attacking his family. And then like John Jones like your kid, yeah, John Jones like your kids are going to watch me beat you. And he's like, don't say anything about me kids. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like you were like you just trying to say like like for the my kids who are going to be watching as well. That I, I was off a load of brazzers. So like, fuck you. What, what you want? Like so. Look at the end of the day. At the end of the day, that's it. We're gonna talk. We're gonna give our prediction now, Barry. Um, my prediction is 
Johnny Bones Jones fourth round stoppage. Um, I can't. I can't really like just like agree with you, can I? Well, you, I, like, well, you might think it's going. Yeah, to but I'm, I'm never like the master of the rounds, really. I, I can just sort of. Well, fourth round sounds good. I think I. Don't, I just think John Jones is going to just do the simple work, easy and. This is probably the first camp he's ever going to do that. He's like not taking drugs or like yeah. messing around. So who knows what how scary he could be. So we'll go with John Jones anyway. So that is the UFC talk completed. Yeah. But also w- w- quick note on one last fight, Barry. That's come come down this week. Yeah. Uh, also on Saturday night, Katie Taylor's making her American debut. She's fighting in New York. Uh, so far, she is five and zero, oh, three knockouts. And uh, I'm expecting another knockout. Out yeah, we don't. Out. We don't even know who's fighting. We don't care. She's, she's like, Do what? whoever it is, the lamb to the slaughter. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, like I even looked at her Twitter, and there's no mention of who she's fighting. But uh, she is fighting on the Broner versus Garcia card. Yeah, and, that's, uh, that's a big fight as well. Yeah, so, so like, it, she, she should get a good bit of publicity. Out, so fair play to Kate Taylor. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's that is the main segment, fight segment. Um, also, by the way, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, Showtime. Programs commit start on Friday, so for the next like fifteen, maybe twenty minutes, who knows? We're going to discuss the latest football news. So if you want to stick around, do. If you don't, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, and come back next week. And make sure to like, hit that subscribe button <laughs> or whatever it is. Give us a little heart and like whatever else you have to do. I'm not. You know yourself. Yeah, you know yourself. Right. So on Sunday, which is yesterday, Ross and I went. On the Irish fan TV show, um, out in Dundrum. Uh, so we met Paul and Steve. Yeah. Uh, do you want to just go over how it went? Yeah. So um, I think it was Paul. I think it was Paul who was reached out to us on Instagram and asked us, "Will we go on the show um, and talk about United segment?" Um, I think they sort of getting all the Premier League clubs in. So yeah. we said, "Yeah, of course we would." And um, went out, met the lads. They had a cool setup, a uh, nice couch, chair, interview, camera process, and uh, like really cool jerseys. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. They got a Burnley jersey recently there, which is great because yeah. like half the other teams plays Burnley now. It, re- it really reminded reminded me of how we started. How we actually yeah. started. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a very similar sort of setup and a very similar sort of uh, style of running the show. Yeah, you can tell they had the same commitment as well. Yeah. Um, they were. Yeah, you could tell they were. They were hungry and they were like looking to get up off the ground and yeah. they were like they they were trying their hardest to make the right moves. Yeah, and I think getting us on was a great move for them. You know, what I mean, get someone else who does similar stuff and like yeah. all like like it's important. I'm not I'm not saying we're like fans, but it's important to try and get people on who have more following than you. When oh you yeah, start yeah, out, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Um, that's what they did, and it was a great move. Um, we're we're always happy enough to pay forward, so we're happy yeah, to definitely, go on. yeah. So sure, we we've done what chatting with Channing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Barry laughed. That, that yes, like was yeah. just like. Oh, sorry, Nate. But yeah. Like Nate Channing, like man. That, that man, that's he, he was just totally unprepared. Like, yeah, he didn't know what was. Going I know on. we can be unprepared, but that was just setting the setting the bar he, very he, low. He was doing podcasts inside the motorway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, turn down the motorway, lads. Do we yeah. not do another? I thought we don't. No, we, he asked me to do another one. No, no, no. Time. Do we not do another another show with someone else? I'm not too sure. Maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Well, like the last time we were actually, apart from doing that sports show there, we were actually on like a healthy living. Oh yeah, we did radio one or two radio shows. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They were cool. Yeah. It was actually the first time we've been asked to go back on something in a while, but uh, 
We actually enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, so if anyone else has any YouTube channels around that, don't be afraid to hit us up. We're, we're not rude. Yeah. Oh, and also make sure you check out the video if you support Man U, because uh, it actually turned out pretty well. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought we came across well. Um, it's actually, it's funny when you put, like, two things together, like, each other's following can, like, check each other's out, and then uh, you grow together. Mm. Yeah, but overall, did you enjoy the experience? Yeah, it was a good crack, the lads were sound, and we had a good football chat. Steve... I'm calling you out, man. You made some very bold statements. Very that, bold. Like, yeah, that like I wasn't buying it at all. Well, Murata, best striker in the world. Yeah, the fella doesn't even start for his team. Um, yeah, so should we just get straight into I it? I think that moves perfectly into... Yeah. Okay, there's been a few major... We're going to talk about the major transfers that happened in the last couple of weeks because uh, we may have or may not have touched on them, but uh, we sort of just wanted to divulge and give our own opinions, really. So, uh, Lukaku, Murata... And Wayne Rooney have been the main sort of striker moves that have happened. Um, yeah. And I think the three of them are going to be compared very closely this year. Yeah, they're going to have to. They're all going to start for a top six Premier League team. So, uh, what do you want to start on, really? Um, I suppose we, we might as well start with um, Murata. Because yeah. he's the latest He's the latest one who's signed on the dotted yeah. line. Also, we sort of like talked about Rooney leaving last time yeah. as well. Um, so, Alvaro Murata, coming from Real Madrid... Highly touted young striker. I was only saying this to Barry the other day. He's probably the most highly touted, unproven striker. And like I'm not saying he's not good. He looks fantastic. Well, he looks like he has an eye for the goal. He looks like he has a great eye for the goal. Yeah. For, for goal. But the fella hasn't got a run of 30 games ever in a season. Yeah. So for me, and he's 24. Who knows whether. He has the fitness levels to play thirty games. I'm yep. sure he does, but who knows? Yep. Uh, who knows when he like if he starts if he starts run against row whether he'll absolutely score an outrageous amount of goals mm-hmm. or whether he's more of an impact player because that's what he's been for more of his career than not. True, yeah. There's a lot so, of pressure now, yeah. There was even a time in Spain where Spain were playing Fabregas up front while he was there. Yeah. So you he wasn't getting selected. And there. Diego Costa. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, obviously, Diego Costa is probably on his way out of Chelsea. And he's got he's got very big boots to fill. Not only yeah. not only in terms of actually scoring that amount of goals, but Diego Costa was like a leader on the pitch for yeah. Chelsea. He was a big target man, and he also bought a, had a bite and ferocity in him. And we don't know if Morata has that, that. that bullying yeah. tactic. Yeah, that yeah they so like, would drop that, it. that might change the way Chelsea have to play because who knows if Morata can adapt to that style and whether Chelsea are going to have to adapt to their style around Morata. What's your take on Morata's win? Was was. Is it, is it known that Lukaku was Chelsea's number one transfer target, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Has to be known. So, you see, that, that's the thing, like, Chelsea, Chelsea for the last, like, 10, 15 years, well, 15, 20 bit long, 10 years, uh, they've had this out-and-out bulldozer of a striker, aka Didier Drogba. Costa sort of does the same thing. He, can, he needs two centre-backs to be stuck on him or else uh, you're going to be in trouble. And then, they actually had Lukaku and then they must have like been sitting on something waiting because Lukaku all of a sudden not going there is taking it out that like focal point that has almost been like a tattoo formation that they have had. I, I know they got a lot of money for Lukaku, um, but like he's almost like their Paul Pogba, isn't he? He's almost like that young player they had that they let go that they probably should never have let go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing is, like Lukaku was almost ready to start for any team at sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. But like Chelsea were not going to be like you're going to be our main striker at sixteen, seventeen. Bearing in mm. mind they still had Drogba, who actually eventually won them a Champions League as well. Yeah. So is Morata at what seventy five million in around that number? <laughs> I think I think they actually got him for like. Like it, it was like 55 and then 70 with add-ons, if you know what I mean. 
So, was he the right striker for them to get? Because I really thought they were going to go for an Aubameyang. And they were even linked to Aguero at one stage. And, like, that that looked like... Like, is Morata the right striker to get? Or did they go for Morata because United were talking Morata and then went and got Lukaku and they went, all right, well, we'll take Morata because they got Lukaku. I think it was more that, yeah. I think that Aubameyang would probably be a better choice. Um, there's also other strikers out there. And uh, Lewandowski's always up for a move. Yeah. Um, Supposedly he was looking for a move but didn't get it. You see, the thing is, what Chelsea like to do is they like to, like, go on the hunt, then, like, bombard you and then, like, the balls come across from side to side like, and then they have a big man to bury you. That's the way they sort of play. But the thing is, now with Murata, he's a player that sort of plays in behind. And bearing, like, bearing in mind, Hazard is sort of in, like, that's what Hazard likes to do. Hazard likes to get the ball and go by the players. So if Murata's going to be just in front of him, it's not really going to link that well. I can't really see it linking that well. You know what I mean? No, because like you. Costa, what Costa does now at the moment, he pushes the defenders back into the box, mm. and that creates so much space around that number ten role for like Hazard and Nipo people. Even when Fabregas comes on to like shut out a game, and now they they don't physically have that human Drogba uh, Costa body there that they really really rely upon. I also think Hazard would have linked up perfectly with Lukaku at Chelsea, both being Belgian. Belgian, so, yeah. yeah. But look. Jeez, that, that's, I think that's going to be a big problem for them, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think Morata, will he work? Will he not? Oh, you can see him scoring 18 yeah. Premier League goals. I can see him scoring goals. I, yeah. think, I think Morata is actually a player who would sort of be a bit of a Torres and a bit of a Davavia added together. Not as fast as so, Torres now, but sort of like he can, he can find the net from long distance the way uh, Davavia would do it. He'd be, more, he would be as fast as Davavia, but he likes the ball in behind as well the way Torres would. So that's why I Are Chelsea going to have to keep Diego Costa till January? Or are they going to have to buy another striker? Because Solanke, I know, like, you know, I know nothing about him. He's gone to Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, all right, they have Diego Costa some books. Yeah. Uh, Badashiwi, like, I highly doubt seeing him stay there. Then you have. He might now. You have um, Morata, and that's it for them up front, isn't it? Costa, Morata. And Badashiwi. Badashiwi, and then. Yeah. Um, and like Badashiwi and Costa could be on their way out I think Badashiwi's going to stay because um, he's going to battle it out with Morata see the thing is you can't buy a, a striker League <laughs> Champions League uh, you can't buy a striker for 70 million and leave him on the bench but the funny thing is they said about Torres you can't buy a striker for 50 million and leave him on the bench um, I think Costa's going to go but they're going to have to get someone else you never know they, they were talking about them trying to get in fairness, fairness when they got them a bar that worked out for them so like they might look at sort of like uh, they not still think, have Remy they not still have Remy no I think he's probably gone out somewhere as well yeah, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I actually think he's gone to Marseille I don't know why I think, I think off the top of me yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it geez. makes sense if he went back to France anyway injured boy yeah <clears throat> so like yeah Chelsea's striking options even with Morata they've become a bit more limited considering they're playing Champions League FA Cup League Cup and Premier League next year so they're going to be very stretched and for someone and, and, very, and especially and that's another point to bring back to someone who's never played 30 games in the season and now he's like Chelsea are going to play 60 games this year probably yeah they also he's been one of the main strikers for Spain now and Spain haven't been great in the last while yeah. and also I only just realised they've actually got a really really small squad yeah and now they're playing even more games than they ever had ever have done well last season next yeah. season so they probably they probably don't really and they play the charity shield and and they're playing the charity shield and they look like they're selling Madich they're gonna have a really small squad man yeah 
Chelsea could, be, Chelsea could be in trouble. Yeah, because they're making the same three substitutions nearly every time. Will I am. Yeah. Oh, sorry, will, will, I, will I am. Will William. William. Will, sorry, will I, yeah, <laughs> will yeah. I am, yeah. Your man from the Black Eyed Peas, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, also. Pedro. Or yeah. Fabregas. Fabregas, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think Pedro was actually starring for the last one. Yeah. And then. On John Terry. Yeah. And Terry's gone as well. Yeah. So. Like, Things might be that safe there if he. Oh, Jesus. I actually didn't realise that. Yeah, I didn't realise how, like. Brittle that squad was. Yeah. Which is a strange word yeah, because, to say to describe the champions. Yeah, because they, they constantly had the same team to put out each yeah. week. And because they're on That's how Leicester City won the league. That's it? exactly yeah. how Leicester City yeah. won the league. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They had eight players play over 30 games. There you go. Yeah. Um, that continuity. Yeah. So. But we might as well talk about Lukaku now. Who? Um, look, <laughs> Lukaku's had, he's had like. He's hot and cold so far at the start, hasn't he? As in like. He, he scored that <laughs> great goal against Man City and then like he apparently wasn't very good against Real Madrid and he wasn't very good in his debut and I think there was a game in between he scored against Real Salt Real, 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 yeah, Real Salt Lake yeah. um, so look I think he's going to take a bit of time to just he's probably playing with different players each week he's going to have to get used to him him being best mates of Pogba clearly helps this is a um, huge step up for him in his career I know people talk about his first touch but like I said like I said on uh, yesterday even when you have People like Thierry Henry, Eden Hazard, Jose Mourinho, singing their praises. I suppose Ronald Koeman as well, singing their praises. They're not all wrong. Um, and Paul from Irish Fan TV. Yeah, like Romelu Lukaku. 20-odd 20, 20 goals last year, second top goal scorer. Elite footballer. Look, I think he's going to be basically Zafani Ibrahimovic with pace. He's going to be told to sit in the defenders. They're going to have to have two two defenders marking him. And if you get stuck... By, like, one on one with him. Yeah, he's just going to spin you and go. Uh, he's there to just disrupt everything else. Also, he's fast. Like, on a break, the ball's going to be going left to right. I'm telling he's you now... He's probably the strongest centre-forward in the league. Probably. Like, definitely. Yeah, well, like... Well, definitely top three. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Who, who would you say? Remy. Drain the foul. The foul, yeah. Uh, there's just going to be serious trouble against United next year having the Mark Lukaku who's young, fast and fresh. And the last, it was three years, he's only missed five games in the Premier League as well. Yeah. So, um, that's danger. Yeah, consistently, play, consistently playing is what you want to see. People who yeah. are fit all the season. Yeah. That's, why, that's why Ronaldo is always fit. Yeah. Him and Messi very rarely get injured. Yeah. And then... I suppose you might as well talk about Rooney because he's the other big striker sign. Yeah. Um. Look, great to see him back at Everton. Hope he does well. Yeah. Like he, he looks like he's he looks like he's sort of happy to be there. He, he looks like so far in, I know it's only preseason, but he looks a bit more rejuvenated. He looks like he's playing a bit better football. So yeah. I'll be I'll be interested to see what he does there. So he could start. Do you think he he's going to go off and like assassinate a few teams for United? Possibly so. Yeah. Because um, okay. so he'll probably get back into the England squad if he's scoring a few goals. Because mm. he's going to be getting so much attention now. Mm. I, I know we praised Everton a lot the last podcast. Uh, we talked about football and said they did good transfer business. They yeah. got it all done early. And it, they must have known they were selling Lukaku and they spent all that money before they got him. Tottenham Hotspur style. True. Um, but another team who's signing very well Premier League proven players, West Ham. Yeah. I'm actually a bit surprised over this. Um just because That's West Ham they played last year yeah they just they went from good the year before to so frail and like terrible and now they're after the getting in the new stadium in, yeah the new stadium but like now they're after getting in Joe Hart who who you say is very good mm. 
In terms of Premier League goalkeepers, Joe Hart's a very good goalkeeper. West Ham's going. They're not getting anyone better. Yeah, it's an improvement anyway. Yeah, the number one England goalkeeper. He's going to be the number one England goalkeeper again because he's playing in the Premier League. True. Uh, I actually thought he wasn't going to get a move into the Premier League. Um, then also, they're after getting a Nandovich, who I actually think is a lot of talent. The, you could call him the... Isn't he Bosnian? Yeah. The Bosnian Ibrahimovic. He probably needs to score, bury a few more goals. Sometimes he likes to put on a show more than actually... Yeah, I, 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 think, I, I think sometimes he scores two or three goals in the space of five games and then doesn't score for the next 15 games. Yeah. But like I said, like, do you remember that? Yeah, lacks consistency. Yeah. Um, although... West Ham needed like a proper striker is going to be fifth for, for a whole season as well. Like yeah. you know, I mean, Andrew scores goals, and they got the best poacher in the league. And now. they're after getting one of the best goal scorers in proven goal scorers in, in Europe. Yeah, and Javier Hernandez, Chicharito, Manchester United's old striker. He's still quite young. Oh, I was disappointed that West Ham got him for sixteen million, and you know he didn't get him on top of what we already have at sixteen million. He's an absolute bargain. Season. Yeah, I'd say he's going to be in a lot of people's fantasy football teams. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. oh, you can see him doing serious business for West Ham. West Ham, they are one of those clubs that look like they could be bought over by someone with a lot of money and start going doing very well. They have the London location, the new stadium, the London location, um, and like they have a fan base as well. They have yeah. a big fan base. So is this is this the, the Billich do these signings? Like, did he go here? I want these or what? I'm not too sure because like Billich was nearly out of a job, and yeah. now he's after like signing like three very good Premier League proven players. So. I wouldn't be surprised to see West Ham like sort of cha- up challenge towards Everton spots. Do, what way do you see a formation going there with the, uh, the up front situation? Where oh, Hernandez oh, is oh, by oh, himself. Oh, 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 I think they're going to play. I think I think a lot of teams are going to play like a four sort of two holding midfielders, three attacking midfielders, and then one up top. I see Antonio, or maybe they do a five three two. And Anto- I think McKenna Antonio is going to be key for them again. There's no chance of Antonio going to Chelsea, no. I think he'd be a better player at that right wing back than Moses, but I don't know. He seems happy at West Ham. I think he was trying to get a move, actually. You think so? Well, I mean, like. like in fairness, he probably just wants more money. He might just want more money. More money, yeah. Yeah. He, he, what, what other transfers for the stick out yet? I know um, well, Liverpool, Liverpool are not getting Keita. Uh, you know he, there was actually a video on Facebook today where he like milked one of his players out of it and his own players were sort of like starting on him oh yeah and they were like saying oh thank us I'm sorry and he's like I didn't mean it yeah, yeah, yeah it was a they, bit must be, they must be jealous or something mm. yeah sorry Man City spending 130 million pounds on wing backs um, what do you make of this Barry which one is ranked them for me I don't even know that much about you, man. Mendy, you know, do you know that? And then when I spend fifty million on, I'm just like, I feel like uh, there's something wrong with me not knowing this. How could you not know a player worth fifty million? Yeah. He went. He went from Marseille. Did one year on Monaco. Got a, got into the French team a couple of times, and now he's Man City's. Uh, one of fifty Man- million pound left back. Yeah, and then after getting Daniello, who was a sub for Real Madrid, to now become a sub for Man City, for, for like 30, 30 million. million, and also. Um, Kyle Walker Kyle Walker who's was 50 50 million as well come from Spurs he's probably the, be, be, the best signing they've gotten maybe I think well as this, fullback this this is he's where quick. the hype tra- where the hype trains after coming in Bruno Mendy for I don't even know his name Bruno I know it begins with B Mendy for 50 51 million pounds like that is an extortion price for someone who's played one good season. In my yeah. opinion, one good season. Yeah, when I saw him play for Monaco, he looked very good at a left back. Monaco very solid. But you have to remember, when City played Monaco, 
Monaco conceded probably like f- four or five goals over two legs. Yeah. When City played, uh, or Monaco played Dortmund, there was a lot of goals conceded. And um, when they eventually got knocked out by Juventus, there was a lot of goals conceded. Should they not be more concentrated on centre back? Probably so. Um, I, I I don't know why they insist on getting Danilo after getting Kyle Walker. Yes, Man City are going to play a lot of games next year. I can see that that being a possible reason do, why. Do but City, like, there's you don't sign two starters. Yeah, but does City not have any up and coming fullbacks in in their youth academy now? Uh, obviously not. By the sounds, obviously things. not. Yeah. Um. So, look, very good wing backs, but like they're 130 million deep in the transfer window, yeah. and like they. They're going to have so much pace next year, man. You know that? Yeah, but they're lacking that. They just seem like a team full of mercenaries. You know what I mean? They're lacking... Like, I don't see... Where's the team ethic? Like, who's like the core of Man City? Well, he'd be on the emergency table, uh, Vincent Company. Yeah, but like, when the, when they start... And no, the goalkeeper is shit as well. Oh, bravo. Yeah. Came in was pants. They call Willie Cabello, no? Oh, no, no he's, he's got Chelsea. Chelsea. Oh, he's got Chelsea. Did that get someone in? Oh, they did, yeah. Uh, you remember from Benfica? Oh, yeah, Ederson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he looks like he's going to be alright. I don't know what to make of him. I think they're just going to be really, really fast. <laughs> and counter-attack everyone. Because even Gabriel Jesus up front, it, it could be quality next year. Yeah, they don't. If he doesn't get his legs broken. Yeah, yeah. Although um, he's, he was there playing there pre-season. Yeah, so Man City are a team to look out for next year anyway. Definitely, yeah. Um, Jeez. But bring your fittest team against them anyway. Yeah, I, I can see them in the favourites in the league. Although I said that last year, and like they were, they were actually quite brutal last year, um, but I, I I can just see it this year. I, I think they need I think they need a centre midfielder again. They're after, yeah, they're, they're after trusting Pep a lot, aren't they? Giving him that catch, <coughs> yeah. Splash on players. Why did Why did they have to go for Kyle Walker for fifty three minutes? Would they not have been like right get down the yellow in, and then get Mendy in, and, and then you don't need, you spend that fifty million on like Verratti. Yeah, in fairness, they probably would have got Kyle Walker cheaper if they actually got the Nino first. Yeah. Because like, they would be like, oh, we have the Nino, we don't actually really want 40 million. It's no, I don't think that's, that's not a good move. Although, very, very good move for Kyle Walker. Chap's going to be absolutely minted now. Um, all right, Barry, I'm going to call you out a few footballers and you tell me if you think they're going to transfer or not. Uh, really and how much they're going to go for and where they're <clears> going to go. Jesus. Leafy Securitas. <laughs> if he's going to go, if if they get offered 50 million from Swansea, let him go. And where where do you think his most likely suitor will be? I've actually, I've actually had no idea, man. I know Everton are in for him, but... but does he not seem like a bit of an Arsenal player, no? If, if Chamberlain leaves. Maybe. All right, well, I suppose he Wilshire is also going to Turkey, do you hear that? I thought, I thought he was going to San Pandoria. I suppose he's some Turkish team we're looking for. <coughs> the cash in Turkey. He, he can't be going over there. Um, all right. I know. Well, what about uh, Oxide Chamberlain? Where do you see him going? Isn't he, isn't, he, isn't he linked with Chelsea? I can see him going to Chelsea. I can see him going to City. I he's linked with Liverpool. Yeah, but because we've, we've discussed how Chelsea need players, I can see him going there. Chelsea haven't, Chelsea haven't really spent an abundance of cash. Well, they got back, back Yoko in, didn't they? Yeah. That was, and Rudiger. Yeah, but I don't know how much they spent on yeah, them. Yeah, yeah back Yoko was like 40 million. Rudiger would be about 35. I think it's because... I think the almost standard now each... Like transfer window is a hundred million, so I mean, yeah. if you don't hit that, you probably have the hundred million there to spend. Yeah. Also, those two players. And like, how much oxide chain would cost? No, he wouldn't be more than thirty million, would he? He might be thirty-five, just to be because he just. Well, in fairness, if all these other players are worth fifty million, I feel like I feel like if you score ten goals in the season, you're worth fifty million automatically now. It's weird the way like <coughs> Irish players cost peanuts, but mm. English players cost so much. 
like or even Scottish players or Welsh players but like I mean look at like for as soon as you put on pull on a white jersey with three lines on it you're automatically worth 30 million aren't you it's like what better has uh, Oxlade Chamberlain done in the last year than Jeff Hendrick and like Jeff Hendrick what cost like about 10 million yeah and now you're saying Oxlade Chamberlain's probably going to go to Chelsea now for 35 million and it's just like what what's going on here like yeah, I, I think there's a lot to do with like filling that English quota as well. I know, yeah, but it's it. They should probably move that to that's, like that's Great thing, Britain and that's, Ireland. That's one thing I like that. Like you know, you never really have that problem. They always have decent amount of English players in the side. Yeah, and, yeah. like they don't really struggle with it. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right. What about Perisic basketball? Because like the he was the talk of the town. Yeah, I, I I just I can see it happening. I think at the end of the day they're just going to be like here. Look, at the end of the day, at, at, at I'm hanging around with you far too much. At the end of the day, I think they're just going to be like right. If you want fifty, you can have just take it. Whatever you can have, you can have forty million and take Flaney. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. I can actually see Flaney going over to one. Yeah, so good, so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you heard it here first. Yeah, Barry. As we're Manchester United fans, we might as well be selfish and finish off on a Manchester United topic. Cool. All right, they have Lukaku, they have Lindelof, they're getting Persich. Yeah. How many more signs do you think they need, and who do they need? Because in my opinion, I think they need about three. Do. Yeah. Jesus. Including Persich, no? Including Persich, yeah. So, like, two more Yeah, Persich. Yeah, because I think we need one or two more sort of world-beater players to be like... Because I don't look at that squad and, like, I'm not going really confident they're going to win the league. I suppose if you had three more top-notch players in, like, I'm like, right, you yeah. can do it. No, I totally agree. I almost wish, like, we could take a flaming away and then put in someone who's actually, like, a 9 out of 10. Not, yeah. like, sort of like a star named, like, a Pogba. I don't really have him, but, like, we're missing something like that. You know what? I feel like we're missing something, and I don't know what the key ingredient is. It's it's, it's almost like I think it's because we don't know the actual formation, so yeah. therefore we can't actually pick a proper player. I think I would like now someone like like a Di Maria, but the, the Di Maria that Real Madrid had, not the one that we got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah, but see the thing Paris like, will bring that balance over to mm. the left, and that's where we're lacking. And like we have no experience up front as well. I, I you know what? I think we need another striker. Lukaku is brilliant. I love him. Marshall's good Rashford's good I can see Zlatan come back but I, I wouldn't mind having another striker how we have the option of playing two up front yeah no I agree it's just um, it's sort of a there's, there's like too many centre mids that aren't good enough too many attacking mids that aren't really like uh, actual attacking mids yeah yeah like I think like <clears throat> I sort of forget we have Madison sometimes as well yeah um, the, like I, I, I think I just get frustrated with too many Mediocre players who are in the United squad, yeah, yeah, yeah. they get put on the jersey every week. Like Lingard, I know he scored against Ramsey, but he just like he doesn't cut the cheese week in week out. Uh, Those like basically Jones, Jones, like I think I think in defence we're all right. I think in defence we're actually all right. You know that? Yeah, but I, I like Daily Blaine, but I'm I'm so like when he's playing, I'm like he's that slow enough that it's yeah, a problem. Yeah, yeah. So like there's just hopefully Shaw gets back in there. I, 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 oh, you know what? I just want everyone who's there just to step it up that bit much. That's yeah. all I want. I just need them all to just step it up that bit much. I need them to play that bit more for the jersey. There's a lot more pressure on Pogba next year as well because yeah. he's the main man. Yeah, and Herrera's captain, so I think I think those two are gonna really be like the focal point of the team next Hopefully. year. I can see it. I can see it working out. I think I think once Perisic, I think we could put Perisic on on the left, even put like Martial on the right, maybe. Well, McTarian Mc, on the right. No, is more of a center player, so put him. In behind, I I could really see oh, Rashford on the right. Rashford I could really see right. it being like Perisic, Mata, Mkhitaryan, Lukaku up front, Pogba and Martial. I could see that being like the attacking six. Pogba and Martial. Sorry, Pogba and Herrera. 
Pogba Herrera. I think it's going to be more of a trio, and then like if, like we're, we're going to get in. Hopefully, you get a Matic. I, I, I'm not sure if Chelsea want to sell him. That's the problem. But it'll be like Matic, Herrera, and then Pogba sort of just in front of them. I, I, can, see, I, I, I can see. Yeah, if, I can see if, if we're going to pay three midfield, you can have Matic, Herrera, Pogba, and then you have like Perisic, Mkhitaryan. Like we should just get the players in and then like try and <laughs> sort it out. Yeah, worry about after. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, sorry, I'm sneezing. Excuse me. I think so, we. Sh- I think we should end it there, right? Yeah. So, UFC 214. Can't wait. Kate yeah. Taylor. Can't wait. Next podcast, we should have some emails back. We'll keep you updated. Can't see what's wait. going on. If you want, you can email Aaron on Gogglebox yeah. first and tell him how much you love us. Yeah. Also, we're going um, to the Malahoy Fest on Saturday as well, if anyone's we coming. indeed. Come say hello. Yeah, boys, the point. And, as always, stay energized. energized.